The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook app, the number one rated sportsbook app in the country. And for good reason, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Got a bunch of podcasts. I love them. We're doing this today early because we've got some scheduling issues later in the week. So kudos to my man, Steve Fezzik, for being able to do this a day early. Very excited about our guest, Mike Clay. I, If you think Steve Fezzik is a numbers guy, Mike Clay is a numbers guy. This is going to be a numbers convention on today's show. It is absolutely Unbelievable. Check out Steve. He's the only two-time winner of the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL across the board, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Intern Casey's doing an unbelievable job on our social media platform, so please give her the kudos at Ross Tucker Pod. And in addition to your podcast app, we are now on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So you can see what Steve actually looks like. And you can see today's guest, Mike Clay from ESPN at Mike Clay NFL. Mike, welcome aboard. Yeah, good to be here. I, I appreciate you uh, talking me up as a numbers guy. And then conveniently, if you're watching a video, I have a bunch of jerseys behind me with all kinds of numbers. I even have... Uh, I got a, a Dale Earnhardt number three down here. I got the NFL jersey. So we're at numbers galore here today. So, Steve, this is kind of funny. I don't know when I realized it, but I've admired Mike's work for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of things I like about Mike. I, you know, he'll, he'll post who the head coach and coordinator is for every team on social media. I, I screen share and grab that bad boy. Uh, when he posts the offensive lines, I love that. And he does projections for like every player. And it was a few years ago, I realized, number one, Steve grew up like 35, Steve, Steve, Mike grew up, Steve, like 35 minutes north of me in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, home of Yingling Lager, America's oldest brewery. And my high school actually plays Mike's high school in the first game every year. And then he went to college 
in Berks County at Cookstown University, uh, right near where I where I grew up. So didn't realize that Mike had so many local connections until a couple years ago, Steve. So you got some you got second week in a row, actually. You've got the local connections. Let me test you real quick, Steve. Can you name any NFL players that went to Cookstown University? No, I cannot. Okay. Uh, one is a Hall of Famer and one is a first-round pick, which never happens from D2. The Hall of Famer, Andre Reed. Mm. The first-round pick, former Broncos linebacker John Mobley. So both those guys played at Kutztown. Um, so, Mike, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to have you on. Uh, for you know, one thing that jumped out to me recently, I know you do a lot of stuff. Let me, well, I let you describe it because I know you do a lot of fantasy stuff, but then you're also in on the betting stuff too. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a natural fit, right? Especially with player props, the popularity of that right now, win totals, of course. But I mean, I, I do the, uh, for those not familiar, I do the projections for the ESPN fantasy game. So that is not just quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. That is everything. I mean, you can use punters, you can use kickers, you can use return categories, defensive players, you can use head coaches. So it's everything. So I figured, well, look, I'm projecting every single position, every category, keeping track of every single roster move. Why not combine it together, come up with uh, score projections on a weekly basis? I have those for the whole season laid out already. Win totals. Obviously, it's a natural fit for player props. It's all there. So I kind of just look at the lines and look for values. How do you do, Mike, the player projections? Like, where do you get those numbers? I don't know if it's like some proprietary formula, but as soon as a guy gets traded or cut or whatever, you're like, here's the updated projections for – Joe Mixon, it's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, I'm checking my watch here. How much time do we have here? Because this could take a while. This could take a while. Yeah, I have a lot of, of stuff. I'm kind of old school. I use Excel for uh, a bulk of what I do. But I basically built a system about 10 years ago, and I continue to just chip away at it. I'm constantly studying league trends, team trends, as we're going to get to. You know, offensive play callers is kind of a new one that that we've kind of just come to the – uh, we, we've been able to kind of chart on a week by, week by week basis who is calling the plays, not just who the coordinator is and the head coach. Um, all kinds of things kind of work their way together. And I have a system in place where I can kind of plug and play players, make some tweaks here or there, uh, and, and kind of spit out those projections. So, again, it's a, it's a, there's a lot going on with it for sure, but I spend a lot of time in the offseason kind of building it up. All right, so before we get into your play caller impact article, because I thought that was really interesting – I don't think enough people actually look at that stuff for fantasy or for prop bets. I want you to hit this home, and then I want Steve's opinion on it, because Steve's been talking lately about how he's he's doing more and more prop betting in the NFL with every passing year. Talk to me about the interplay between fantasy football projections and prop bet, because I feel like a lot of people play fantasy football now, but maybe not as many are taking that information or those strong opinions and applying them to prop bets. Does it directly correlate or is it just highly correlated? I would say a mix of both. I mean, it really depends on which prop you're looking at, right? I mean, let's just give you an example. Uh, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire recently just kind of skyrocketed in fantasy value, right? So, and then of course, that's because Damian Williams, who was expected to compete with him, opted out for the season. 
Uh, so immediately I started getting texts and messages from people who are well known in the in the betting industry about, uh, you know, obviously fantasy questions, but also player props. Right. Should I jump on the over on the rushing yardage right now? Um, should I take the, you know, the, the touchdown over under what, you know, you, you, the list goes on and on rookie of the year. Uh, there's there's a variety of categories that you can get into. But if you like that guy, if you're like, you know what, I'm taking someone just in a high stakes league took Edward Hilaire first overall, which I think is crazy. But nonetheless, if you feel that strongly to do that in a high stakes league league and you can bet on player props, you should be jumping on the overs immediately in a variety of categories. Now, how does that tie into the play caller information like you you just uh, brought up? I mean, it's a natural fit because. I said, look, there's a lot to like. I think there's plenty of overs you could go with uh, with Edward Tillaire. I have him as a, a top 10 fantasy running back, of course, in, 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 in fantasy circles. But I would, not t- I would not bet on him to lead the NFL in rushing as a rookie for a long list of reasons. But one of those is Andy Reid. I mean, this is a, an extremely pass-heavy Chiefs offense. Uh, and it's low volume, right? They score in bunches, and they don't run a lot, a lot of offensive plays. So Edward Tillaire could handle 65% of their carries, which, I mean, let's be honest, he's not the biggest guy in the world, so that even might be a slight stretch. And he might end up around 200 carries, 210 carries. That's not going to be enough for him to beat out some of these other guys and lead the NFL in rushing, even with good efficiency. So I think you can marry kind of everything, everything together. Everything is a variable and help you, you know, of course, that'll help you make the best decisions for fantasy, but also for prop bets. Steve, you you mentioned the last couple of weeks about how you're more and more doing prop bets in the NFL with every passing year. I guess my question is, how much do you look at some of the fantasy projections, guys like Mike Clay, when you're making the prop bets that you do? Oh, absolutely. Having a universe of different projections as a starting point is a fantastic way to start with your prop betting. But let me emphasize, speed is everything. Let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All the math guys can spend, you know, weeks and weeks now analyzing how good he's going to be. Doesn't matter. The time to bet on him was 10 minutes after Damian Williams opted out. That was the gold mine. He's five to one to win offensive rookie of the year. I actually got a piece of this right when the news broke. And so what happens, there's a time to analyze. There's a time to look at all your spreadsheets and there's a time to recognize, Hey, I got literally 10 minutes to make a bet. That's going to be better than any of these math guys are ever going to come up with because Edwards Hilaire's odds were based upon him splitting time with Damian Williams. Now that's not going to happen. And the odds makers are asleep at the wheel because they've got a handicap baseball, WNBA, hockey, NBA, and they don't have time to be nonstop monitoring Twitter and the like. And so what happens is literally on a weekly basis, you get bets like Edward Solaire not to win the rushing title, but to win the offensive rookie of the year at five to one. It's a really good point, Steve. Mike, um, I want to get back to your article because there's a couple different pieces of it, right? You did one that was play caller impact, uh, analyzing 13 seasons of offensive play caller data. And then you actually had takeaways from it, right? So you had players that you felt like were actionable items based upon that, including Tom Brady, the Falcons, Rams, and Giants passing games, Cowboys rookie C.D. Lamb, I thought was interesting. Who were some of the upgrades, whether it's for people for fantasy football 
or prop bets that you like based on what you found during the play caller analysis? Yeah, and just uh, some very quick background. So, of course, we've had it's very easy to to uh, follow head coaches, GMs, offensive coordinators. That stuff is well uh, documented over the years. But what's hard to identify is on a week to week basis who is calling the actual play. So, I used our team of thirty two NFL Nation reporters, one for each team. They went back to two thousand seven. That's uh, as far back as that. We have kind of all this advanced data. And they went week by week and helped me out. And we charted every single week. Then I applied that to our database and, and it spit out the results. And we found a lot of interesting trends. And, and again, that's kind of what I laid out in these pieces. But um, you're right. I mean, there, there's there's obviously a lot here. It was a lot to process, 32 teams here. Um, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. I obviously like that with the 11 heavy uh, Mike McCarthy offense. He's, of course, the head coach now uh, with the Cowboys. Uh, how about Tom Brady? I think that's an interesting one, uh, especially because he's still available in the double-digit rounds of fantasy drafts, and I actually like the overprops on him uh, as well right now. Uh, and the concern really with him is that, you know, he's kind of been conservative the last couple of years. He's coming off maybe his worst year in the NFL last season. But, you know, he goes to Tampa Bay now and is with Bruce Arians. And look, if you look back at his entire career as a play caller going through multiple teams, whether it's, uh, you know, the last year with the Buccaneers, whether whether it's with the Cardinals, the Colts, all the way back to the Steelers, all of them have been vertical passing games. I don't think he gets Tom Brady and suddenly becomes super conservative. Let's play to Tom Brady and do a bunch of, you know, short throws, dump offs, and kind of operate like they did in New England where they didn't really have great threats at the wide receiver position. Well, they have those in Tampa Bay, of course, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and down the seam with Gronk and, of course, O.J. Howard. So um, I do think if you look at uh, what Aaron's offense has done, it benefits Brady. He's going to push it downfield, and it would not surprise me if he had a big-time bounce-back season. So, again, Lamb, Brady, you can go on and on. There's there's a, a laundry list of players, I think, that benefit here. You know, I think it's a good point about the play caller because sometimes it's the offensive coordinator, sometimes it's the head coach, Sometimes it might even be like the quarterback coach. Some people don't know that um, for you to actually analyze that because I don't know that anybody's ever really done that. People look at coordinators. People look at head coaches. I don't know that they always do the separation that's necessary with the play caller. Steve, when you do your prop bets, how often do you take into consideration the offensive play caller and his tendencies? Very rarely because the offensive coordinator tends to stick with what he's been doing all year long. So early in the year would be the only time when you've got a change. And then when you have a change in offensive coordinator, if you suddenly bring in a guy that likes to run the ball more, obviously that's going to have a big impact. What's interesting is that when Mike talks about players optimistic about like Brady, like Lamb, I got to tell you, my – I'm not all that excited because everyone's excited about Brady. Everyone's excited about Lamb. You're going to pay for it with the premium tax, I believe, in the numbers. Where I get excited is when Mr. Clay tells me players he doesn't like because what happens in the media, you're not very popular when you talk about players and teams that are going to do poorly. And so what I found is that there's more positives than negatives that are put out. And when a negative is put out from someone in the media, from ESPN, et cetera, more often than not, that's some of the strongest plays. And those are the bets I really get excited about. Call me a pessimist. I like betting against guys. You know, I think it's a fair point, Steve, because Mike's data about Arians throwing it deep and Mike McCarthy like an 11 personnel, so CeeDee Lamb should be on the field the whole game. 
I think that's great. But there are already a lot of people that are excited about the Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb, excited about Tom Brady. I think Mike provides value there just by saying how much it really is 11 personnel and how Brady will go deep. But he had a lot of downgrades. And your point's a good one, Steve, because everybody does get excited about new players, new places. You didn't like – you downgraded Garoppolo and Cousins. You downgraded Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf. Um, And anybody else that jump out to you, even Kenyon Drake, I thought, was interesting, Mike. On the downgrades part, for people listening that might want to be making some prop bets on these guys, are you fading? Is it fair to say if you're downgrading, you're probably fading them and taking the under on a lot of their prop bets? Absolutely. And uh, I, I didn't know where Steve was going at first there. At first, I started to like shake my head, but then I immediately jumped on board because you are exactly right. Uh, people love optimism. They hate pessimism. And that is really where you can take an advantage. And the reason I was shaking my head a little bit was because of Brady, because I think that the numbers are a lot higher or, or the numbers show that we should be higher on him than we actually are. So I think there's a lot of opportunity with the player props and certainly in fantasy where people are not on him. Like there's all this Buccaneers hype. There is not hype in fantasy. He's going, I think, in the 11th round of drafts right now. And again, like the, the passing yardage player prop is is lower than it should be. That being said, again, I agree. Uh, places we could take advantage. You just laid some of them out there, Ross, with uh, some of the, you know, the low volume pat, uh, run heavy quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins. Uh, same kind of thing with like Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf. There's a lot of hype for both of those, but I think that they'll be limited by the offense's that they are in. I mean, you think about what DK Metcalf did last season. He still kind of struggled to be a reliable, we'll say top 20, top 25 fantasy receiver. And he easily led the NFL in end zone targets. It was not even close, not just rookies, the entire NFL. And still, uh, you know, that's, that's an awesome thing to have at your advantage. But uh, if you don't take that and turn into stardom, I mean, what happens next season when those numbers come down a little bit and St- uh, Stefan Diggs, obviously in the Brian Dable offense, uh, he's been one of the least fantasy friendly and statistical friendly uh, uh, play callers of the past decade. But one more nugget, and I'll tell you, this is the kind of stuff that that I live for when I'm doing this sort of content to find is uh, what I found with Adam Gase. So if you look back at the past, uh, what, are, what are we looking at? Um, his past three seasons, Gase's past three seasons calling plays, he has called 11 run plays inside the five-yard line, inside the opponent's five-yard line, 11 of them. I mean, there was a handful of players that had more than that. Last season alone, he has 11 carries inside the five in his last three offenses. So if you're looking at the Le'Veon Bell touchdown prop, it might look a little low and you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to go over on this. And well, maybe not, because this offense suggests that that is a bad bet. That is really interesting. I love stuff like that. And it's funny, Steve, because while you were saying that people skew negative, Literally, every time Mike ever posts a projection on Twitter, at least five people and 85%. That's way low, dude. You're way low, dude. You're you're way – oh, my – he's going to do way – like every time. That is what – I see the tweets that reply to Mike. It's uncanny how everybody always thinks, no matter what Mike's projections are, too low. He's either like he's, he's easily going to go with that. Um, let's get to you, you. I know Mike. You also look at win totals. You look at week one lines. We look at DraftKings. I know you did as well. America's number one rated sports book app. They got a cool feature this week, by the way. 
if you place a pregame money line bet on a single game, and if the team you pick to win ends up losing but scores over 110 points, you get your money back. I mean, right now, the Sixers give up like 45 points per fourth fourth quarter right now. I mean, I don't know why, but it seems like the bubble games have been high scoring. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code Ross when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. I repeated myself there. Just enter code Ross when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA, where Mike Clay and I are from, only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus, first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Mike, hit me with your best shot on uh, a win total. I'll, I'll just give you a... One or two or three, whatever you want. Hit me with your best shot that you like the most. Yeah, you know what? I pulled up the DraftKings lines last night. I went through them, and I'll tell you what. There was a lot. And, and look, I know they're trying to bait you with plus money bets, but there were a lot that I actually liked at plus money. So um, I'll give you uh, two situations here that I liked. Uh, the Chargers under 7.5. I'm not, I've, I've been known to be on the Chargers bandwagon the past few years as they uh, progressively improved. Not this year. I'm surprised with their quarterback situation, what, what their line is here at seven and a half. But you, if you go under, it's plus 118. So I like uh, that one a lot. Uh, New England under eight and a half is plus 118 as well. So I think that's interesting. But I'll also point everyone to the NFC North. I'm wondering what you guys think about this. You know, I'm kind of on Detroit this season. I think they're uh, kind of an average team, but I think that's the case for the Vikings and the Packers as well. So there's a lot of interesting numbers here. The Bears under seven and a half, the Packers under eight and a half, the Vikings under eight and a half. They're all plus money if you want to take the unders there. And Detroit uh, is off the board right now. I believe that's because of Matthew uh, Stafford being on the COVID uh, list right now. Uh, but their line was right around six and a half. Uh, you know, if you can get the over on that, uh, assuming it comes back in that same range, I think that's interesting as well. But again, I can go on and on. There's quite a few interesting ones on the board right now. So I know that I agree with all three you just said. I'm under on the Chargers, under on New England. I like Detroit as well. Seems like we talk about the NFC North a lot, Steve. Um, I like Detroit. I, I think there's. Uh, I, I think they're going to be better than people think. What do you think of uh, Mike's win totals there, Steve? Yeah, I like the thought on the win totals. I can tell you the wise guys are betting the Chargers over simply because the Chargers were one of the most unlucky teams in the NFL last year in terms of the record in close games, um, their underlying statistics, et cetera, their strength of schedule this year versus last year. But nevertheless, I think they overcompensated You know, with the Chargers. One thing I will emphasize is that when you're betting – a half game is worth about 50 cents in the NFL. So on the Chargers, I would not personally bet under seven and a half plus money. I'd get the eight. I'd play under eight. New England, for everybody in your neck of the woods, New Jersey still has nine and a half on New England. I can't understand why. So shop around, get the very best number. You can still get an under nine and a half with a little extra vig on New England. Same with Chicago, under eight. Green Bay under nine instead of under eight and a half. I do have a question for Mike. I'm um, going back to Le'Veon Bell. This is a bet I personally made. It played under 875 rush yards for Bell. Gore comes in for the Jets. The Jets may well have five new O-linemen starting, and those some of those may be upgrades. 
But my eye test says Le'Veon Bell is the slowest running back in the league in terms of decision-making. He needs to have a, a, a lot of information about how the offensive line is blocking to make the optimal decisions with an, a brand-new O-line. I expect that's really going to help Bell's performance. Your thoughts, Mike? I think the O-line will help because they were historically terrible last season. If you look at how often Sam Darnold was under pressure or how little help Bell got uh, before initial contact, it was unbelievably terrible. In fact, I don't think we talk enough about how much stress Darnold and Bell were under last season. That being said, they brought in Gore and they didn't bring him in to stand around. Even It's going to be irritating like it's been in years past, but he's going to get it probably six to eight touches a game. And don't forget about LaMichael P. Ryan, who they drafted. He'll be mixed in a little bit as well. So I think the volume comes down for him. I still don't think he's going to get the ball uh, inside the five, which will keep his touchdowns in check. Uh, I think the lower volume overall will keep the yardage down, obviously. But I do think the efficiency improves a little bit with that completely overhauled O-line. I know it's tough. You know, I, I've I just a couple days ago, I tweeted the new uh, O-lines, right? Last year's five starters and this year's projected five starters, completely different, of course. And, you know, people talked all about there's going to be no chemistry. It's going to be a problem. You can't do that, especially in this shortened off season. It's, it's terrible, but I think it's going to be better. You know, it's not ideal, but it's, it has to be way better than what they put on the field last season. So that is good for Bell. All that being said, Steve, my line, 210 carries, 834 yards. So I'm right in the vicinity of what you're looking at. But again, with that's a 14-game projection, by the way, but when it's close, I'm always going under. I think that's uh, one of the most important lessons when it comes to player props. Like you talked about earlier, be pessimistic, go with the under. It's going to pay off way more than it doesn't. You got to check him out on Twitter, at Mike Clay NFL. As you can tell, he is an absolute stud. It comes naturally. It's in the bloodlines. He grew up in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, where football is king. He's been drinking Yingling since he was four and a half years old. That's why he is so good at this stuff. Mike, really appreciate the time. Again, check him out on Twitter, at Mike Clay NFL. That way you can get all his projections when he posts them and everything. He's a stud. Thanks so much, Mike. Anytime, guys. Thanks a lot. You know what? It's interesting, uh, Steve. First of all, Mike was fantastic, but he's a math guy but almost like a different math guy than you. His is all of the projection stuff where you are more go up to eight and pay the extra, you know, for the chargers or whatever. You're more on the odds math. Yeah. And in fact, Mike is the perfect type of guy. I used to work with a betting syndicate that we would have. And I would ask him, you know, to really dwell into a lot of the stuff that I don't personally have time to. And Mike would know far better than I to come up with recommendations. And then I would be the trader and I would go ahead knowing the value of half games for season wins. And the same thing with player props to find the optimal bet that is available. And like we mentioned, you know, with the chargers much rather go under eight minus a dollar 10 than under seven and a half and catch like plus a dollar 20. Well, I want to get your insight into some of the best bets that you're seeing now that we have a few games under our belts, NBA, NHL, MLB, your initial thoughts. I've told you before, I'm starting to watch. I, I talked about the high scoring in the bubble. Thankfully, I'm a subscriber to BetQL. They've got sharp data for all of the NBA, NHL, MLB stuff. You either get the BetQL app on your phone or you go to betql.co, 
and enter code ROSS20 for 20% off your first payment. So BetQL is essentially, in my mind, kind of like Steve and Mike Clay combined trying to spit out numbers at you with the five-star best bets. I'm convinced, by the way, if all I did every week was take my like player insight with your odds insight and Mike Clay's projections, I mean, Steve, screw this show. I'm just putting it all on. I'm just putting it all on the syndicate, the Ross Clay Fezzik syndicate. Well, I don't need to do any other media gigs. I'm putting all my money into betting. What do you think? I, I like it, you know. And ideally, you'd be working with a few other guys because you're going to be so busy with all this information that literally all you would want to do is send out a text and say, "Boom, we're gonna we're gonna play Le'Veon Bell under touchdowns." Get me the best number. You're in charge of like getting all these accounts and everything else. And that's that the team concept works so much better when you're an individual better and you're doing all your handicapping by yourself. And now you're like, all right, now let me, let me go ahead and set up all my accounts. Now let me shop all my accounts. You can see there's not enough hours in the day to do all this, Ross. That's why you need a Mike Clay in your back pocket working for you. Well, he was awesome. You're awesome. BetQL. .co where the BetQL app is awesome, especially for these other sports. NFL, I go more by just what I know. BetQL provides the information, the other sports. Give me a give me a takeaway or two, Steve. Give me something that's jumped out to you that now that you've seen these other sports in action, that you think it's actionable for our listeners to make a little moolah off of. All right, let's talk NHL, not a sport I specialize in. I've got guys that do. 12 and 4 to the under so far in the two bubbles in Canada, A. Eh? Now, I had a theory. It's hot in North America, even in Canada. And I was wondering about the ice conditions because it's hard to keep good ice during heat waves. And I thought maybe that's what's happening with the hockey. But my guys tell me the ice is perfectly good. And just the um, all the time off, they're still calling penalties. And the players are just a little rusty in terms of being able to go ahead and score. Will that continue? I'm not so sure. We're starting to see some of these sixes drift down to five and abs and even five. So the market is correcting. And once you see a whole lot of unders occurring in any sport, the odds makers tend to adjust. I will say this with the NBA. We had a situation on Friday in the bubble where games went six and zero to the over right when it started in Orlando. The odds makers thought the players would be rusty and dealt the lines lower. I think it was an average of 220, and the Sharps bombed on the overs. And I think selectively, if you play teams in the bubble that really don't want to be there, um, teams including Brooklyn, Washington, and soon uh, teams in the West are going to start to realize they can't make the playoffs. I think if you blindly play these teams that know they're not going to the playoffs to go over, I think that you're going to do quite well in those games. In terms of player props, I think if you monitor players, they're going to have limited amount. Their teams have limited um, incentive, like the Lakers, who wrapped up the number one seed. I think if you play, I think LeBron is under every single game year to date. And if you continue to play LeBron under, I think you're going to make money because let's face it, the Lakers have nothing to play for until the playoffs start. All good stuff, Steve. I love it. Uh, NBA, that makes perfect sense on the overs with the teams that don't give a you-know-what anymore. Interesting on the NHL. How do you, like, Whether it's the NBA overs or the NHL unders, how do you know when to stop um, 
How do you know when it's over? <laughs> in general, whenever in any sport, whenever you see a surplus of overs or unders, doesn't matter, MLB, NHL, NBA, and everyone starts buzzing about it, usually that's the time to stop betting it. So now everyone's talking about, oh, NHL, all you got to do is bet every game under and you're going to make money. Well, no, you did make money. And so now you have to look at the numbers that are being dealt by the odds makers. When the odds makers take notice of that and make a significant adjustment, usually that's the time to stop betting on something that had been winning. He is Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports. Do not accept the imposter. There's a guy named at Real Steve Fezzik on Twitter. That guy's an imposter. He's a loser. He should be behind bars. So don't fall for it. I know people that have at Fezzik Sports only at Fezzik Sports only. Other than that, uh, make sure you check out Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. He was excellent. Tomorrow, Joe Dolan. We will have tears of Dolan for those of you that want a little more fantasy football projections on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys make some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.